Hello, and welcome to the Gumbo Ed Nurse Practitioner CE Podcast. I am your host, Samantha Junius Arsenal, and this is episode 24. To earn your CEUs for this podcast, go to the American Association for Nurse Practitioners website or the Journal for Nurse Practitioners, find the article, take the test, and earn your CEUs. Today's article is After Gestational Diabetes, an Overlooked Care Transition in Primary Care. The authors are Dr. Jacqueline B. Lamana, ANP, board certified, and Dr. Susan B. Quayley, RN. This article is from Volume 16, Issue 5, pages 319 to 323, May 1st, 2020. It is worth one contact hour, 0.25 credit hours are in the area of pharmacology. Now let's get started. Women with history of gestational diabetes face lifelong risk for health problems, including type 2 diabetes. History of gestational diabetes is a strong predictor of future development of type 2 diabetes. Many women with gestational diabetes develop type 2 diabetes within six years after giving birth, often while still of reproductive age. This pregestational type 2 diabetes places subsequent pregnancies at risk for poor perinatal outcomes. Furthermore, longer type 2 diabetes duration increases the potential for these young women to develop chronic diabetes-related microvascular and macrovascular complications later in life. Transgenerational effects of gestational diabetes often extend to offspring who will face potential lifelong health risks associated with hyperglycemia exposed in utero. Higher rates of obesity and other physiological changes consistent with insulin resistance have been reported in children born from gestational diabetes complicated pregnancies. Consequently, gestational diabetes history is an important clinical concern for all nurse practitioners certified nurse midwives, and physicians in perinatal, primary care, and women's health settings who provide preventative health services to women who experience gestational diabetes and their children. Gestational diabetes is a growing public health problem. In the United States, the prevalence of gestational diabetes rose from 4.6% in 2006 to 8.2% in 2016. Gestational diabetes rates increased most among mothers who were non-white, older, overweight, and or of lower socioeconomic status. These disease trends suggest that healthcare providers will see increasing numbers of young women with high risk for diagnosis of type 2 diabetes in coming years. Care provided to women of childbearing age during the time between pregnancies is described as interpregnancy care. For women diagnosed with gestational diabetes, the transition from postpartum to interpregnancy or general well-woman care is often poorly executed, leaving many women feeling abandoned by the healthcare system after their births. Healthcare providers in primary care and women's health settings routinely deliver interpregnancy care to women with history of gestational diabetes during wellness visits and other encounters for acute illnesses. Therefore, it is critical that these providers view each patient encounter as an opportunity for diabetes risk assessment, screening, and lifestyle-based diabetes prevention, 
self-management education to reduce type 2 diabetes risk or to establish an early type 2 diabetes diagnosis for affected women. On to the background. Gestational diabetes was recently redefined as a diabetes that is first diagnosed in the second or third trimester of pregnancy that is not clearly either pre-existing type 1 or type 2 diabetes. Between 2% and 10% of pregnancies are complicated by gestational diabetes in the United States. In 2012, the national economic burden for gestational diabetes was $1.3 billion with the average of $5,800 per gestational diabetes case associated with increased delivery costs and additional health care expenses during the first year of the newborn's life. This upsurge in prevalence of gestational diabetes dramatically increased short-term health care costs but does not address the long-term economic and physical costs associated with heightened future risk of developing type 2 diabetes at a younger age. Annual health care costs of people with diabetes are 2.3 times greater than those without the condition, with average annual disease-related expenditures of $9,600. Maternal changes during pregnancy leading to gestational diabetes. Enhanced placental hormone production during pregnancy contributes to increased insulin secretion and reduced maternal insulin sensitivity in a healthy pregnancy. Women with gestational diabetes have comparatively lower levels of insulin secretion related to insulin sensitivity than women experiencing a healthy pregnancy. Lower levels of insulin secretion, particularly during the second half of pregnancy, lead to a higher interpartum maternal glucose levels. Studies suggest that women with gestational diabetes experience declines in beta cell function that persists after the physiological stresses associated with pregnancy have resolved. Maternal risks associated with gestational diabetes. Multiple maternal health risks are associated with a diagnosis of gestational diabetes. These occur during the intrapartum and postpartum phases of pregnancy, with some risks continuing throughout the lifespan. Women with gestational diabetes have a nearly five-fold increased risk for developing type 2 diabetes within three years of giving birth and are approximately 16 times more likely to develop type 2 diabetes within three to six years compared with women without history of gestational diabetes. Subsequently, type 2 diabetes in future pregnancies increases maternal risk for glycemic instability, preeclampsia, surgical cesarean delivery, and progression of chronic diabetes complications. Furthermore, the development of type 2 diabetes in young women during their reproductive years negatively affects their overall health for a longer duration of life and may contribute to decreased quality of life and increased health care costs over a lifetime. Importantly, women may mistakenly perceive a diagnosis of gestational diabetes to be confined to the duration of the pregnancy without consideration of associated long-term health risks for the mother or the child. Let's try some questions. Question number one. What is the estimated percentage of pregnancies complicated by gestational diabetes? A. Less than 1%. B. 2%. 
C, 10%, or D, 20%? The correct answer is C, 10%. Question number two. How soon will many women progress to type 2 diabetes after a pregnancy complicated by gestational diabetes? A, six months. B, one year. C, six years. Or D, 10 years. The correct answer is C, six years. Next, childhood health risks associated with gestational diabetes. A diagnosis of gestational diabetes also increases immediate and long-term health risk for the child born from a gestational complicated pregnancy. During the early neonatal period, these risks include prematurity, macrosomia, neonatal hypoglycemia, respiratory distress, hyperbilirubinemia, shoulder dystocia or dystocia and other birth traumas. Each of these conditions have comorbidities that require additional care and health care costs, including increased risk for admission to a neonatal intensive care unit. Children exposed to a gestational diabetes pregnancy are additionally at increased risk for early onset obesity, insulin resistance, and type 2 diabetes, making gestational diabetes a part of a transgenerational diabetes health problem. Both conditions are associated with multiple physical and psychosocial comorbidities, which negatively influence overall child health, development, and well-being. Early research indicating a link between gestational diabetes and fetal epigenetic modifications involving metabolic functioning suggests that gestational diabetes contributes to transgenerational diabetes. Furthermore, female children from gestational diabetes complicated pregnancies who develop type 2 diabetes before or during their reproductive years may perpetuate transgenerational diabetes risks for their future children. Primary Considerations for Women with Gestational Diabetes History On to interpregnancy care and well woman care after gestational diabetes. Interpregnancy care addresses the health care needs of a woman between one live birth or pregnancy loss and the start of the next pregnancy. The goal of interpregnancy care is not only to proactively address factors that may adversely affect future maternal and fetal pregnancy outcomes, but to optimize long-term wellness for women by providing a bridge to well woman care for those with no future pregnancy plans. Progression from postpartum to interpregnancy or well woman care is a formal care transition along the primary care continuum. Clinical activities subsumed within the scope of the interpregnancy wellness woman care transitions include health history updates, reproductive life planning, mental health assessment, vaccination and management of infection, and assessment of social determinants of health, including intimate partner violence. Risk assessment and screening for potential future health problems such as type 2 diabetes and coaching on healthy lifestyle education and ongoing support of behavior change are also essential elements of interpregnancy care. Unfortunately, follow-up of interpregnancy and well-woman care are frequently inconsistent or unavailable for many women with history of gestational diabetes 
due to a lack of health insurance or other barriers. Hence, primary care visits are ideal opportunities for nurse practitioners and other primary health care providers to update health histories and modify plans of care to incorporate new problems experienced during pregnancy, such as gestational diabetes. Time for more questions. Question number three. Which is a childhood risk after a pregnancy complicated by gestational diabetes? A. Birth defects. B. Low birth weight. C. Neonatal hyperglycemia. Or D. Obesity. The correct answer is D. Obesity. Question number four. Care that focuses on health needs of women after a live birth or pregnancy loss and start of a subsequent pregnancy is A. Interpregnancy care B. Preconception care C. Prenatal care or D. Well woman care The correct answer is A. Interpregnancy care on to follow-up diabetes screening. All women with a history of gestational diabetes require rescreening for prediabetes or persistent type 2 diabetes within 4 to 12 weeks of delivery. A 75-gram oral glucose tolerance test is preferred over other diabetes screening methods such as fasting glucose or A1C. Non-pregnancy cut points are used to interpret findings in postpartum women. Physiologic differences in hematopoiesis during pregnancy and blood loss associated with delivery may make A1C values inaccurate in the immediate postpartum period. Thereafter, women with history of gestational diabetes should also be screened for type 2 diabetes every 1 to 3 years using established guidelines for non-pregnant adults. Lifestyle interventions to prevent future type 2 diabetes. Interventions to improve lifestyle behaviors in women with history of gestational diabetes may be the most feasible and effective approach to reducing type 2 diabetes risks for this population. Although postpartum lifestyle-based diabetes prevention programs incorporating diet and or activity interventions have shown some success in improving weight and insulin resistance related measures in women with recent gestational diabetes, attendance in these programs is often inconsistent and attrition rates high. Therefore, increased efforts to promote and facilitate long-term lifestyle changes need to be a part of interpregnancy and well-woman care of this population. The first step is weight management. Interpregnancy weight retention doubles the risk of gestational diabetes and more than triples risk for pregnancy-associated hypertension in future pregnancies. A higher-than-normal body mass index in a gestational diabetes pregnancy is a significant risk factor for developing future type 2 diabetes and adoption of healthy eating patterns after a pregnancy complicated by gestational diabetes reduces risk of progression to type 2 diabetes. As a component of interpregnancy and well-woman care, nurse practitioners should support and educate patients about the benefits of achieving or maintaining a healthy BMI to lower risks of gestational diabetes in future pregnancies and other comorbidities associated with overweight and obesity. 
Pre-pregnancy bariatric surgery reduces the risk for gestational diabetes and may be appropriate in women with significantly higher than normal BMIs. Women of reproductive age considering bariatric surgery require counseling related to risks and benefits of the procedure on future pregnancies. Although bariatric surgery was associated with reduced risk of gestational diabetes and macrosomia in one large pregnancy outcome study, negative outcomes of shorter gestations, small for gestational age neonates, stillbirths, and neonatal death occurred more often in infants of women who had undergone these procedures. Women in this study had primarily undergone gastric bypass procedures, which has been associated with nutritional deficiencies. Next, breastfeeding. Post-pregnancy care should include continued support for postpartum women to exclusively breastfeed for six months and continue breastfeeding for 12 months or longer, as recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics. This support for longer breastfeeding duration is especially important for mothers with recent gestational diabetes due to potential benefits related to reduced future risk for type 2 diabetes as well as possible delayed onset of developing diabetes. Due to mixed findings in the literature, future investigation is needed to determine these potential health benefit relationships. On to more questions. Question number five. Which screening protocol is consistent with evidence-based rescreening recommendations for persistent type 2 diabetes in women with recent history of gestational diabetes? A. Fasting glucose 48 hours after delivery. B. Hemoglobin A1c 4 weeks after delivery. C. 50-gram oral glucose tolerance test 12 weeks after delivery. Or D. 75-gram oral glucose tolerance test eight weeks after delivery. The correct answer is D. 75-gram oral glucose tolerance test eight weeks after delivery. Question number six. As a diabetes prevention strategy, women with history of gestational diabetes should be encouraged to breastfeed for how many months? A. Three months. B, six months, C, 12 months, or D, 24 months. The correct answer is B, six months. Now on to reproductive life planning. 45% of pregnancies in the United States are unintended. Because many women diagnosed with gestational diabetes will experience subsequent pregnancies, reproductive life planning is a critical primary care treatment strategy to support positive health outcomes in future pregnancies and long-term wellness for these women and their future children. Although 84% of adult women of reproductive age visit a healthcare provider at least once a year, only one in six women receive prenatal care from their preconception provider. These trends suggest that most women experience a care transition after their pregnancies that necessitates inclusion of follow-up providers in reproductive life planning discussions. Ideally, these discussions will begin during a pregnancy and be readdressed during the subsequent health care encounters. Because most women with recent gestational diabetes will attend health care visits with their children, pediatric providers also have an important role in reproductive life planning. 
The Mortship Dimes Implicit Interpregnancy Toolkit provides resources to aid providers in incorporating maternal assessment into early childhood wellness visits. Discussions of contraceptive options should be introduced during a pregnancy complicated with gestational diabetes because benefits of future planned pregnancies typically exceed maternal and fetal risks of an unintended pregnancy. Contraceptive options should be appropriate for long-term reproductive plans, other individual and familial health risks, lifestyle, and patient preferences. Progestin-only oral contraception should be used cautiously in breastfeeding mothers with gestational diabetes history because this interaction may increase the risk for diabetes in racial or ethnic groups with a high risk of glucose intolerance. Now on to child health implications. Maternal history of gestational diabetes is an important childhood health marker due to associations with increased adiposity, early onset overweight or obesity, and metabolic changes including insulin resistance and impaired glucose tolerance. Although prenatal history may be incorporated into a young child's medical record, this history may become more remote and perceived as irrelevant in older children. Type 2 diabetes prevention strategies focused on at-risk children have a potential to promote better lifelong health and limit diabetes associated with health risks in future generations, particularly among girls. On to discussion. Recommendations for clinical practice changes. The continuum from perinatal to primary care is an often unrecognized but critical transition for young women, particularly one experiencing a pregnancy complicated by a condition with potential lasting health risks such as gestational diabetes or hypertension. Emerging evidence on potential long-term health impacts of in utero exposure to hyperglycemia on children suggests that maternal history of gestational diabetes is also a critical element of a pediatric health history. As such, primary care women with gestational diabetes history, as well as their providers, may benefit from reminders to screen for glucose abnormalities at follow-up visits after the routine six-week postpartum visit. Different frequencies and combinations of letters, emails, and phone calls to women or providers or both have produced mixed results regarding screening rates. Provider reminders could be entered as automatic notifications in an electronic health record system or via some other established mechanism to alert providers to order reoccurring diabetes screening for women with history of gestational diabetes. Stronger efforts are needed to promote breastfeeding for women diagnosed with gestational diabetes because despite greater potential breastfeeding benefits, they are less likely to breastfeed compared with mothers without diabetes. Motivational interviewing shows promising results in promoting breastfeeding and may be an effective communication strategy for primary care providers to facilitate breastfeeding in women with recent gestational diabetes. Reproductive life planning incorporating family planning options and recommendations on spacing of future pregnancies is a critical primary care practice. 
the American Diabetes Association recommends inclusion of preconception counseling as a diabetes care standard for all adolescent and adult females with reproductive potential having previous diagnosis of diabetes. Women with gestational diabetes history and plans for future pregnancies should receive care that integrates standard interpregnancy care with type 2 diabetes risk reduction strategies. Women not intending future pregnancy should transition to well woman care as part of the interpregnancy continuum model. Obese or overweight women embarking on lifestyle changes that contribute to weight loss should be counseled about increased fertility risks associated with weight reduction. Women diagnosed with type 2 diabetes during an interpregnancy period benefit from referral to an interdisciplinary diabetes care team that incorporates maternal fetal medicine specialists to optimize glycemia before conception of the next pregnancy. Greater attention to a pregnancy history of diabetes is also essential in pediatric care. Questions addressing maternal history of diabetes, including gestational diabetes, should be embedded into the electronic medical record and routinely asked during pregnancy wellness visits, even in middle and later childhood. Type 2 diabetes screening, assessment of growth and BMI, as well as other indications of insulin resistance, including acanthosis nigricans and hypertension, should be incorporated into regular wellness visits for at-risk children. The transgenerational impacts of gestational diabetes necessitate that adult and pediatric primary care providers use family-focused nutrition and lifestyle interventions aimed at reducing future risk for obesity and type 2 diabetes. An obesity toolkit from the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists can guide providers in delivering targeted weight loss interventions to women. The greater prevalence of gestational diabetes in ethnic and racial minority groups indicates that intervention should be tailored to consider cultural and other social determinants of health. On to the last set of questions. Question number seven. Which woman is at greater risk for developing type 2 diabetes after a pregnancy complicated by gestational diabetes? A. 20-year-old Caucasian with history of celiac disease. B. 39-year-old Latina with a BMI of 36 kilograms per millimeter squared. C. 29-year-old black female with a history of hypothyroidism. Or D. 32-year-old Asian with a history of asthma. The correct answer is B. 39-year-old Latina with a BMI of 36 kilograms per millimeter squared. Question number eight. How many women received interpregnancy care from their maternity care provider? A, 1 in 2, B, 1 in 4, C, 1 in 6, or D, 1 in 8. The correct answer is C, 1 in 6. Now on to research opportunities. Effective postpartum transitions to primary care 
are essential for women with diabetes, yet little research exists on best transitional care practices within the context of gestational diabetes. With the increasing prevalence of gestational diabetes and its associated risk for early onset type 2 diabetes, this research is urgently needed. Although interventional postpartum diabetes prevention studies show short-term benefits in weight loss and reductions in rates of conversion to type 2 diabetes, many of these studies have been limited by low recruitment and participant attrition. These challenges are unexpected as postpartum women have unique limitations created by infant care demands, physical effects of delivery, return to work, and other psychosocial stressors. Consequently, Research on timing and tailoring of interventions for postpartum women with competing demands is required. It is also imperative to determine the most effective modes of delivery of diabetes prevention education and intervention for women with gestational diabetes history. Interventional diabetes prevention research that incorporates prevalent mobile and internet technologies is essential for this younger population of women affected by gestational diabetes. Rates of gestational diabetes and type 2 diabetes are also higher among ethnic and racial minority women as well as those with greater health disparities. Therefore, additional research is crucial to improve understanding of the unique needs of these women and to determine culturally sensitive adaptations for diabetes prevention strategies. Now for the conclusion. The overlooked care transition following a pregnancy complicated with gestational diabetes should be addressed by nurse practitioners and other primary care providers in family practice, adult, well woman, and pediatric settings. To reduce risks for developing type 2 diabetes, recommended periodic follow-up screenings for prediabetes and type 2 diabetes in women with gestational diabetes history are particularly crucial, along with primary care practices that include specific recommendations for lifestyle modifications, weight management, reproductive life planning, and breastfeeding. Due to the transgenerational health risk associated with gestational diabetes, it is also essential to document a history of exposure to a gestational diabetes pregnancy in pediatric health records to identify children at risk for obesity, insulin resistance, and type 2 diabetes, and to implement preventative interventions at an early age. Healthcare providers in primary care settings have opportunities to educate and screen women with a history of gestational diabetes for type 2 diabetes during interpregnancy and well woman care to reduce health risks and improve quality of life for these women and their children. Okay, that's it. Gumbo Education is excited to present Bullying Prevention for Nurses, a Real Solution. CEUs are available. There's an online version, and we can come out to your facility and do the workshop. It will be available July 20th, 2020. Okay, that's it. Remember, you can go to the Journal for Nurse Practitioners or to the website for the American Association for Nurse Practitioners. Find the article, take the test, and earn your CEUs. Until next time.